Well, greetings and salutations, everybody. Welcome to the best damn movie related show on the planet Earth, the John Campus Show. Coming to you from right here on my YouTube channel. I'm, of course, your host, John Campia, and it is an awesome honor and privilege, as it is every day, to have you, our international friends, gather around as we talk about our favorite things in the world movies, movie news, TV, streaming, and all sorts of good stuff. And, guys, this is very uh, rare kind of John Campia show. It's a Saturday show. We're doing this on a Saturday. So, so here's what happened. So yesterday, just before we were about to start the John Camp show yesterday, we had a tech issue, weren't able to do the show, but I didn't want all the work that Ray had put into graphics and us writing show notes to go completely to waste. Plus, I didn't want to wait till Monday to talk about Peacemaker. So I decided, you know what? We'll just do a show on Saturday. Now it is just me flying solo. I'm, I'm not going to ask anybody else to work on Saturday. So it is just me and you here on this NFL playoff weekend. Yeah, I'm not going to lie to you. As soon as I'm done the show today, I'm going to go and watch football for the rest of the day and probably for the rest of the weekend. And uh, I hope you guys have a fabulous weekend planned out ahead for yourselves as well. I know I do. Got some very cool announcements coming up in the next uh, couple of days for uh, the John Campbell Show. Just keep your guys' eyes open on the channel. We'll talk about that a little bit later. Anyway, guys, good to have you here, and here's how today's show is going to go. We're going to break the show into two parts, as we always do. The first half of the show, we're going to talk about some predetermined topics. Then in the second half of the show, we're going to take your live comments and questions. Now, if you're watching live, and only if you're watching live, you can use the Super Chat feature in the YouTube chat to fire in a comment or question, and we'll get to those when we get to the end of the main topics. If you're watching this show, any other time of the day, any of the other 22 hours during the day, and you want to send in a question to be read on the show or an upcoming companion video, simply go down to the description of this video and you'll see a tip link. Click on that or enter it in manually at www.streamelements.com slash movieblogtv slash tip. You'll be getting your comment or question read on our show if we deem it appropriate to be used on our show. And of course, you'll be supporting the channel at the same time. And all of us here involved with the John Campia Show, thank you guys very much for your support. By the way, guys, just a little bit of news. We'll talk about this more on Monday, but a little bit of news just dropped this morning. We've all been waiting for Moon Knight. When's that first Moon Knight trailer coming? Well, apparently now we know Moon Knight is coming Monday. Monday, during the NFL uh, playoffs in the evening, I don't know why they didn't play a Spider-Man trailer during uh, Monday Night Football like I thought they were going to do. Lost me a bet. But they're going to be showing a Moon Knight trailer during Monday Night Football, the playoff game. Uh, to me, this is very exciting. I know a lot of people have been very excited to see what Moon Knight is going to look like, what's it going to feel like, what is the tone going to be like. Robert Meyer Burnett, I'm sure, is just like counting down the seconds right now until Monday night when they actually show us the trailer. I'm expecting great things. So we're not going to go much into it uh, in depth right now. But yes, Monday night, that's going to be great. We'll talk more about it on Monday and what we're anticipating, what we're looking forward to in that trailer. I Look, I'm just going to say this. I need these MCU shows on Disney Plus to start picking it up because they came out of the gate roaring with WandaVision. Absolutely roaring out of the gate with WandaVision. I haven't loved, loved anything they've done since uh, on Disney Plus as far as the MCU goes. I, I, I like most of it. Like, I like Loki. You know I like Loki, but I didn't love it. I like Falcon the Winter Soldier, but I didn't love it. 
And I didn't like Hawkeye. I mean, Hawkeye wasn't completely bad, but at the end of the day, I, I didn't really think it was all that great. So, I mean, I need to see these MCU shows on Disney Plus pick it up. And Moon Knight may very well be that property to pick it up. I think it's going to be kind of different from a lot of the MCU, maybe not as different as, say, Eternals was, but I think it has a lot of potential. So, uh, fingers crossed. <laughs> fingers crossed for something good. All right, guys. Listen, let's go into our main topics here today, shall we? And how do we select our main topics here on the John Campy Show? Well, it's really rather simple. You see, you guys come up with our main topics. Whenever you come across a big topic issue or story that you guys feel we need to cover as a main topic here on the John Campia Show, just go anytime 24-7 over to www.thejohncampiashow.com slash contact. Once you guys get there, you're going to see a form. Fill it out with your topic or question. It's absolutely free. Hit submit. And then maybe, just maybe, you might see your submission featured as a main topic here on the John Campia Show. With that down, let's get into main topic number one. And our first main topic today gets submitted to us by Jed Elias, sounds like a professional wrestler's name, uh, who writes, Hello, John and crew. I just read a report from The Wrap saying that Disney Plus is currently developing a TV series based on the underrated 2011 movie Real Steel. It didn't say anything about Hugh Jackman or the original cast returning, but director Sean Levy will be producing. Like you, I was a big fan of the film, and I can't wait to return to this world. What do you think this series will look like? Thanks for everything you guys do. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yes, they have finally said they're doing it. We're returning to Real Steel. Now, for, let me give some background on this. That Real Steel movie with Hugh Jackman, which we all joked about and we all called it Rocket, Rock'em Sock'em Robots, if you guys remember that, right? It looked dumb. It looked dumb. A movie about boxing robots. It's ridiculous. The trailers didn't do the movie a lot of favors, but had Evangeline Lilly, had Hugh Jackman, so uh, maybe we'll give it a shot. I love that Real Steel movie. Like, it, it is so much better than the premise of this movie has any business being. Boxing Robots. This is a completely human movie about a father and son and the relationships there and what the things they bond over. The action Boxing robots, who cares? But the action is thrilling. Um, it was exciting. The final fight was heart-pounding and, and adrenaline-boosting. It was great. And I remember when I went to do the press for it, It was it's what gave me the chance to interview, sit down and interview the immortal Sugar Ray Leonard. And Sugar Ray Leonard did the fight choreography for the, the boxing fights and even did some of the motion capture for the boxing movements. And getting to sit down and talk to Sugar Ray Leonard, I'm not going to lie, guys, that is one of like my career highlights. Anyway, Real Steel, absolutely fantastic movie. And, been one, and it did fairly well at the box office. So we've wondered for a long time, where the hell is the sequel? Well, I guess the sequel might take place in the form of a Disney Plus series. Here's what comes to us from the folks who are variety who write the following. 
A Real Steel series adaptation is in the early stages of development at Disney+, Plus. Variety has learned. The potential series would be based, and get that word, potential series, uh, would be based off the 2011 film of the same name, which was itself based on the short story Steel by Richard Matheson. As the project is still in the very early stages, no writer is yet attached. That means it's not clear yet uh, if the show would, would adhere to the events of the original film or take a different direction altogether with new characters. Should the Real Steel series move forward, it would be the latest attempt by Disney Plus to mine existing IP under the media giant's umbrella as a new streaming series. All right. So there's a couple of different ways I look at this. Number one, yay. Yay. Returning to real steel. Yay. I love the movie. I've been wanting to see a sequel for a long time. And if it's got to be a Disney Plus series, so be it. Yay. Observation number two. It really went out of their way in that article to point out that this is not a sure thing. Right? Let's look at these words again. The potential series. Um, if should the real steel series move forward. So it, it's kind of important to point out that this is not a done deal. This is not a for sure thing. It is not confirmed that a real steel show is coming to Disney plus, but it does look like that's what they're trying to do. So thought number one, yay observation and thought number two, remember this isn't a sure thing. It's just what they're working towards. My third observation and thought is this though. I'm not saying I should or should not be interested, all right? I'm not saying I should be interested. I'm not saying I shouldn't be interested. But I'm just going to tell you what is, okay? Not what should. I'm going to tell you what is. And what is, is that I'm not really sure how excited I am about this if Hugh Jackman's not in it. I'm not sure how excited I am about this if it's not actually a follow-up to the film Real Steel. Because if it's not a follow-up to the events of Real Steel in 2011, and if it's not Hugh, Jack, uh, Hugh Jackman and Evangeline Lilly, Evangeline Lilly, then all it is is somebody else trying to do a show or a story about Rock'em Sock'em Robots. And they killed it with the movie. They did. They absolutely killed it with the movie. But does that mean they can just recapture lightning in a bottle? Let's, let's do another totally separate thing about boxing robots, and we'll call it Real Steel too. Like, I'm not so sure, but I can tell you this. And, you know, you don't choose how excited you are for something. You just are. You don't choose whether, you get, whether you're excited. You don't choose how you feel. I'm just saying that I, I can tell you right now that if we find out that this is not a continuation and it's not Hugh Jackman and Evangeline Lilly being involved in this, that excitement level I feel for the notion of this show drops about 50%. I'm not saying that's right or wrong. I'm not saying I'm should, I shouldn't. I'm just telling you that's what it is. My enthusiasm level will drop. Actually, let's jump in. Uh, let me see if I can do a poll with this. Um, are you still excited for real um, steel if it's not a continuation. Um, so there, I put it up. For those of you guys watching live, I just put up a, a poll uh, in the chat there. 
saying, are you still excited for Real Steel if you find out it's not a continuation, if you find out it's not Hugh Jackman? Maybe you guys love the concept of Real Steel, and even if it's a new iteration and it's not Hugh Jackman and it's not a continuation, you're still excited about it. Maybe you're not. I'm going to keep my eyes on this one uh, right now to see how you So we've already gotten a bunch of you guys sending in votes. So we've got uh, over 300 of you guys have voted already, and 72% of you are saying, no, you're not going to be as excited for Real Steel. Now, now the numbers change. Now it's 68%, 32% of you are saying, yes, you'd still be excited. We're over 400 votes now. So there we got about a, um, a two to one ratio there. So we're still sitting at 68% are saying, no, you wouldn't be as excited. Now 69%, 31% of you are saying, yes, you'd still be excited. I'm very curious to see how this is actually all going to end up. Question is for you guys. What do you think about this? It sounds like Disney Plus is going to try to bring us back and revisit Real Steel. Are you excited about it? Will you still be excited about it if it's not a continuation, it doesn't have Hugh Jackman? Whatever you guys are feeling about this, jump down to the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number two. And our second main topic today gets submitted to us by Luke1234. And Luke1234 writes, To say that I was plenty surprised would be an understatement. Holy crap, was this movie good. Uh, he's talking about Scream. Vicious kills and a bloody good time. So, John, did you have a chance to see Scream slash Scream 5 or how they should have named it? Oh, I see what you did there. Scream, but the S is a five. That's actually pretty creative, Luke. One, two, three, four. I like that. All right. Thanks a lot for writing that in, man. So, look, I know I've made a lot of people very unhappy. Why people get upset that somebody else has a different a thought or opinion about a movie, I'll never understand. But some people have been very, very upset with me that I don't really like the Scream franchise. Now, I like the first one. Everybody likes the first one. I'm no different. I like the first Scream movie. I don't think it's all-time great like some people make it out to be, but I like the first Scream. I've, I've re I rewatch that like every few years. Like maybe every three or four years, I'll go back and rewatch Scream. I like the first one. I think all the other ones have been utter shite. Like I, I think the rest of them have been garbage. I know a lot of you guys love some of the sequels, and that's awesome. I'm not crapping on you. I'm just saying I don't like the other ones. So that's just me. They worked for you. They didn't work for me. That's okay. So I didn't have a lot of anticipation. Okay, who am I kidding? I had zero anticipation for this new Scream movie. Zero anticipation. But then I started seeing the reviews and I started seeing all these reactions to the new Scream movie and people were saying they were loving it. People were saying they, they were absolutely loving it. And like people I know, like people I personally know who went to go see it early, getting a hold of me and saying, John, you are going to love this movie. I'm like, really? And then all of a sudden, I was saying a statement that I have never said in my life. I'm really excited to see Scream. So me, Ray, Anne, and our buddy Ryan, we went off to go watch Scream the other night. And some of you may have saw we already posted our instant quick reaction. But for those of you who didn't notice that, I will say this about the new Scream. I think it's good. I liked it. 
and and I haven't said that about a screen movie since the first one. Now, do I think it is anywhere near as good as some people are making it out to be? No, I I don't think it's fantastic, but I like it. In a thumbs up or a thumbs down world, Scream, this new Scream for me, gets a thumbs up. It's look, the kills are gory. There is some great humor in this movie. I mean, there are a number of lines in this movie that I I like was gassing. I was laughing so hard. Like like you know, sometimes you laugh so hard you kind of have to wheeze a little bit to catch your inner breath. You know what I mean? When you're laughing so hard. I had a couple of moments in this new Scream movie that some of the one-liners came out of nowhere and it just caught me so by surprise that I just start laughing so hard that I'm like, <gasps> like trying to breathe again. And they certainly had that. Um, yeah, there's, there's a couple of kills, one involving a neck that was like really rather graphic and very, very effective. Uh, and all that. It's also good again to see like a lot of the original cast coming back. It was great seeing David Arquette, Nev Campbell, Courtney Cott, like all them back again and stuff like that. And and uh, yeah, it's a good time. I have not said that about a Scream movie in very, very long time, but Scream is a good time. Now, look, you know me. I always say the things I like about a movie and I'll always say the things I didn't like about the movie. And I also know that people are going to defend this movie no matter what. But there are a number of things in this movie that keep it from being a great movie. You know what I mean? Number one, there I, we understand going into any movie, but particularly a sci-fi, comic book, or horror movie sometimes, we understand as an audience going in that sometimes at certain points along the way, the movie is going to ask us as the audience to suspend disbelief, right? We understand that. We know going into any movie like this, there are going to be moments that we are asked to suspend our disbelief. The problem comes when one of these movies asks way too much. Like, way too much. Uh, John, you, you love a movie about a Norse god who carries a magical hammer. How can you complain about too much suspended disbelief? Because in movies like that, the movies set parameters about what are the rules of this universe. And all we, as an audience, are expected to do is we just expect a movie to adhere to whatever the laws of this movie universe are. In that movie universe, there are Asgardians and the mighty Thor with with his Mjolnir hammer. But they set up limitations and boundaries about what happens in that world. And all we, as an audience, do is say, stay within those boundaries that you yourselves create. And when we come into a movie like Scream, we expect there are times that we need to suspend our disbelief. But I don't want to go into any spoilers here, but there are certain things that happen in this movie that I was like, oh my God, that doesn't happen. And oh my God, that cannot happen. And oh my God, that breaks all laws of physics. And oh my God, like I'm going to, I'm going to tell you what, just give you an example. All right. I'm going to give you an example. And this I'm not going to tell you specific details. I'm just going to tell you about a setting, okay? So if you don't want to know anything at all, like not the slightest thing about Scream 5, maybe mute your your YouTube for a second. I'm going to hold up my hand, okay? 
And I'm not, again, I'm not going to go into specific details, I'm, but I am going to reveal something about the movie just to give an illustration, okay? When my hand goes down, you can unmute it. Ready? Okay, here we go. There's a scene in the movie where one of the kills happens right on the front steps of a house in a populated neighborhood in broad daylight and there's like a, a brutal murder that happens there and nobody's around. Nobody sees it. And it's not like it's a quick little kill. It's a, it's a prolonged kind of vicious kill. And it's like, nope, nobody's here. Nobody's here. And like, and we know that police have been called to go to that house and still like 10 minutes pass and still nobody's, and I'm just, it's like little things like that. By the way, I'm putting my hand down now. It's little things like that that make me go, it lacks, as Robert would say, any verisimilitude. Like the ver like it's just gone. Like it's like, come on, that's not what this, that's not how this would function. But I, like, that's, I'm just giving you an example. I'm just giving you, because there are many times in this movie that does, that does that. And I'm like, uh, and it just makes me shake my head. But the other thing that really took me out of the movie. And remember to me, this is a thumbs up movie. I had fun with this movie. This is a good time. But I understand Scream movies are supposed to be meta. I get it. They're right from the first Scream movie. The first Scream movie itself is very meta. And so we expect that in our screen movies, but there's being meta and then there's being characters turning to the camera. Behold how meta our movie is. Like, I felt like this movie was like, it just went so far with the meta stuff that it wasn't even meta anymore. It was now just comedy. Like in these movies, we do this and they practice. I was just waiting for a, for a character to turn to the camera and go. You know what I mean? Like it was just, it was so weirdly, obscenely over the top meta that it felt more like Deadpool breaking the fourth wall than it did like the meta we got in the first Scream. You know what I'm saying? Anyway, those are my two biggest problems with Scream, but neither of them are big enough to overcome the fun. There's great humor, some, some wicked brutal kills. Great, they integrated... Um, the old cast with the new cast very well. Um, it had good pacing. You often hear me complain about pacing in a movie. This movie had really good pacing. It wasn't too long. It wasn't too short. The whole movie moved at a really decent cadence. And by the end of it, I felt like, yeah, that, that was the perfect length for this movie and the perfect pace for it. It did really well on those levels. So yeah, overall for me, I have a couple big issues with it the verisimilitude of it, the, the asking us to suspend too much disbelief and on top of going far too meta to the point that it almost became comical. But other than that, I think this was a fun time at the movies. And for the first time in, I can't remember how long, I'm going to say I liked this Scream movie. I did. And I think a lot of you guys will like it too. Anyway, guys, question is for you. Did you guys have a chance to see the new Scream movie? If so, what did you think of it? Did you like it less than me? Did you not like it at all? Did you like it a lot more than me? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comments section below and let us know your thoughts. Okay, guys. With that down, let's move into main topic number three. And our third main topic today gets submitted to us by Kyle. And Kyle writes, Hey, John and gang. 
So it seems Ming-Na Wen may have revealed an upcoming Star Wars project for Disney Plus by accident. On Twitter, she retreated an article regarding an announcement for a Bo-Katan series to where she congratulated Katie Sackhoff for the news before deleting the tweet. Seeing none of the main trades report this, do you think this was a case of fake news leading to the tweet being deleted, or did Migna Wen accidentally spill the beans? All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, Kyle. And uh, yeah, here's this is interesting. And I'm keeping a very close eye on this whole situation to see what goes on here. But the basic idea is this. We all know that Katie Sackhoff, who, of course, was amazing in Battlestar Galactica, right? She's Starbuck in Battlestar Galactica, my all-time favorite TV show. I've loved her and her stints on The Flash and Bo-Katan. She was Bo-Katan in Mandalorian Season 2. So here's what the basic dealio is. Uh, a website came out and made the claim that Katie Sackhoff's character, Bo-Katan Kreese, was going to be getting her own Disney Plus show, right? Uh, let's go over and take a look at this. This comes from some folks over at Comic Book Resources, right? This. According to that hashtag show, a series centered on Bo-Katan Kreese is in the works. The show would star Katie Sackhoff, who voiced the character in the Clone Wars and Rebels series before reprising the role when it jumped to live action for season two of The Mandalorian. No other story details were revealed, but the alleged series is set to take place after The Mandalorian's upcoming third season. Adding potential fuel to the fire of this report, The Mandalorian and Book of Boba Fett star Ming-Na Wen retweeted the report, offering her congratulations to Sackhoff. Wen then quickly deleted the tweet, however. Okay. So here's where we're at, all right? So basically, this website put up a report saying that they have an inside source saying that they're going to be doing a Bo-Katan series, right? That tweet went out. Ming-Na Wen then decides to, she sees this, and she decides to tweet out her congratulations to Katie Sackhoff because she tweets out, woohoo, thrilled for you, Katie Sackhoff. Congrats, girls. Hashtag Bo Katan, hashtag Star Wars, hashtag Disney Plus. Seemingly giving credibility to the report that Katie Sackhoff is getting her own Bo Katan series. But does it? There are two options here that we have to look at. There are two possibilities here about what it is we're looking at possibility number one Ming-Na Wen knew that there was a Bo-Katan series coming from Lucasfilm onto Disney plus that Ming-Na Wen knew about it and then when she saw that the reports were now coming out she decided to jump on Twitter and congratulate Katie Sackhoff but then got contacted by somebody at Disney and she immediately took it down that is one option there is, however, a second option that I would like to propose here that I actually think is probably more likely, and that is this. I think somebody just shared that tweet with Ming-Na Wen, and she just found out about it and decided to tweet out congratulations, and then she probably found out, oh, it's not true, and then deleted her own tweet. I'm not saying it's an ironclad guarantee that either one of those are true, that Ming-Na Wen always knew there was a, a uh, Bo-Katan series coming. 
or that she had no idea of anything about a Bo-Katan series and somebody just shared that tweet with her and she decided to congratulate Katie Sackhoff, realized it wasn't true, deleted it. I lean towards that one. However, it's not impossible to believe that it could be the first one. It's not impossible to believe that. Because consider this. Katie Sackhoff coming in into the live-action Bo-Katan. Do you really do that just for a couple of episodes of Mandalorian Season 2? Maybe. Maybe you do. I mean, we all love Katie Sackhoff. It's not like she is like the A-list top three actresses in the world right now, so it's it's not like it would be that hard to get her to come in for that. Bo-Katan is a very popular character amongst hardcore, core Star Wars fans who watch Rebels and Clone Wars, but she's not that popular of a character. So maybe you could just bring in Katie Sackhoff to play her for a couple of things. But here's the other thing. There has been a lot of reports and whispers that Bo-Katan was actually going to play a role in the Rangers of the New Republic series. Remember that? There was a Rangers of the New Republic series being developed that a lot was going to focus on somebody who is no longer there. And we're not going to relaunch all of that drama. But that show was going to be primarily led by a character and an actor who is no longer there. But Bo-Katan was going to be a part of that, according to a lot of whispers. It is more than feasible and possible that Lucasfilm decided, you know what, we had some good material there for Bo-Katan. Let's spin it off into her own series and see how that does. We know that Lucasfilm and Disney Plus are trying to ramp up a lot of content, so this is very believable. To me, this whole story is very believable. I still think that it's probably not happening, but I'm only like 55% feeling like this is a fake story and there's not going to be a Bo-Katan series. But I'm of a good 45% thought that it very well could be legit. And would I be interested in this? Well, listen, I love Katie Sackhoff. I, I think she's great. I love watching her in anything she's in. So you do another Star Wars show with her at the helm. I'm definitely going to be interested in it. Question is for you guys. What do you think? about this little report. Do you think Ming-Na Wen knew about it? Do you think she was just kind of tweeting spontaneously because she saw, saw a report that removed it? Do you think a Bo-Katan series is actually happening? And more important than that, would you be interested in a Bo-Katan live action series? Whatever you guys are thinking, jump on down to the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys. With that down, let's move on to main topic number four. And our fourth main topic today gets submitted to us by Kyle Arking, who writes, Hey, John, I just watched the first three episodes of Peacemaker, and it's now my new favorite show on television. I cannot believe James Gunn was able to get away with half of the things in this show. The Louis C.K. joke had me in stitches. That, I, that was so funny. I love all the characters, and the story has me hooked. Were you willing to give peace a chance? Uh, what were your thoughts? Thanks, and have a great day. All right, thanks a lot for sending that in, man. And yeah, listen, I have been interested in a Peacemaker movie since Suicide Squad. You guys know I loved James Gunn's Suicide Squad. I thought that movie was fantastic. 
John Cena is a guy for me. I'm just being real with you here, okay? Just being real with you. But John Cena is, to me, a guy who's got a lot of promise but hasn't quite got there yet. He's a guy that shows, especially in comedy, he's got a really good sense of comedic timing. Like, I, I think John, we've seen that ever since Trainwrecked, right? The question has been, though, can he be the lead? That's always been my question. Can he be the lead? Now, a couple of years ago, they he was the lead in that comedy blocked. Remember that? He was the lead in, in that comedy blocked. And I thought that that movie showed that while Cena still has a lot of potential, I think that movie showed that he was not quite yet ready to be the lead of a movie or of a show. So now we fast forward a couple more years. We see him in Suicide Squad. I thought he was wonderful in Suicide Squad. I thought him playing Peacemaker in that movie was great. But could he lead a series? Now, one of the things that he's had going for him is the fact that James Gunn is a director who has shown that he can take an actor, bring out their best, accentuate their strengths, and hide their weaknesses. Look what James Gunn did with Dave Bautista as Drax in Guardians of the Galaxy. Dave Bautista would be the is the first person to tell you, especially when they shot the first Guardians movie, he ain't that good of an actor. I mean, Dave Bautista himself said that. I'm not I'm not that great man. I'm not a big thespian. I'm right. But what was James Gunn able to do? He was able to take Dave, figure out what things he would be strong at, and really highlight those strengths. And he hid all of Dave's weaknesses. He didn't he never gave him too much heavy drama to do in the movies, right? James Gunn is a great actor's director. So now put him in the hands of put put John Cena into James Gunn's hands. And in Suicide Squad, I thought the results were fantastic. I thought the results were really, really good. But can he be the lead? Well, I have now watched the first three episodes, which is all that's out right now. I have watched the first three episodes of Peacemaker. And number one, yes, in the hands of the right director and playing the right kind of character, John Cena is ready to be the lead. Again, in the hands of the right director and playing the right kind of character like Peacemaker, John Cena is ready to lead a show. He, The first three episodes to me of Peacemaker, John Cena has shown he can be the face of that series. And he can be the guy who the camera's on most of the time. He's the guy who can carry this show on his shoulders. Again, playing the right kind of role in the hands of the right director, but Cena's arrived. He's right. I think he does a great job playing Chris, Peacemaker. I think he's done a great job. But I also say this, and this is going to be the thing that I think gets some pushback from some people, and that's fine. Peacemaker is the best DC thing there's ever been on television. <gasps> John, them's fighting words. Yeah? Yeah, I know. John, it's only three episodes in. Yeah, yeah, I know. John, we've seen a lot of shows start strong that then go to complete crap. Yeah, yeah, I know. 
and that could happen with Peacemaker too. That that could totally happen with Peacemaker. Could go to crap. We we could get an episode four and becomes total shit show. Maybe it does. But for right now, even though I'm the guy who's like, ah, you remember me when? Remember when the Peacemaker trailer started coming out? Me, ah, looks low budget. It looks kind of amateurish. I don't know if this is going to work out. Remember me saying that? Yeah, that was me. This is, after just three episodes, the best thing DC's ever put on television. John, you're not saying this is better than Flash. Yeah, I am. And I like Flash. I like Flash very much. You know, at least I did in the first, you know, bunch of seasons. But, John, are you saying this is better than Arrow? Yeah. Yeah, I'm saying this is better than Arrow. But, John, you loved Arrow. Yeah, the first few seasons of Arrow, I loved. I think this is better. That's not me putting down Flash or putting down Arrow at all. That's just me emphasizing and highlighting how good I think this show is. John, now this is where people get their knickers in a twist. You can't possibly be saying that you think this is better than Smallville. Let me say this. I think the the jury's out. Smallville ran 75 seasons. I can't remember how many. Guys in the live chat, help me out. How many seasons of uh, Smallville were there? I want to say nine. I can't. Ten. Mark, uh, everybody's saying ten. Mark Newman was the first to say ten. Dylan, Freelance, Crudy, and a bunch of people saying are saying it's ten. Okay, so, I mean, Smallville had ten seasons. We're three episodes into Peacemaker. We're three episodes in, okay? It's not an apples-to-apples comparison. But I will say this. I will take the first three episodes of Peacemaker over the first three episodes of Smallville all day, every day. Whether we can still say that by the time we get to the end. So we're talking about a small sample size. I'm acknowledging that. We are talking about just three episodes. It's just a small, small sample size. But I will say, if that's all we've got to go on, I believe Peacemaker is the best DC thing ever. And that includes Flash. That includes Arrow. That includes Smallville. That includes Doom Patrol. That includes Adam's Batman. I don't know why I pulled that one out, but... It, that incl- this is the best thing I've ever seen DC put on thing, and I didn't have a lot of faith in this. When the hell am I going to learn that if James Gunn is doing it, John, just get on board with it? And by the way, can I mention this? Can I mention this? This is the greatest opening credits in the, t- in the history of television. this is the greatest opening credits in the history of television every show doesn't matter what show it is you know you start watching a show on streaming you know and it starts the opening credits start and then down in the bottom corner is a little box that says skip and i'm like yeah skip skip the opening credits right every show skip skip opening credits skip those opening credits right every show even game of thrones i mean the opening of that game of thrones is fantastic with that iconic music that's awesome but still skip skip get to the show get to the show all three episodes of the opening of peacemaker 
I watch every second of the opening credits. It is the best, most entertaining, ridiculous opening credits in the history of television. A huge dance choreography number for people who cannot dance. It is the best thing I've ever seen. All Anne could talk about after watching this is, I am getting my friends together and we are going to learn that dance and we are going to do that dance and put it on YouTube. Right now, I think probably every, I haven't looked on YouTube yet. I'm guessing YouTube right now is filled with groups of people doing the the opening dance number to Peacemaker. It's ridiculous. It is the most ridiculous opening credits ever, and I cannot take my eyes off it. Cannot take my eyes off it when it's playing. Can't take my eyes off it. And by the way, in an era where a lot of CG in these streaming shows is a little questionable, right? Even in the best shows. The CG is, you know, not on par to major motion pictures. There's always a little bit of question, especially in this new era. Eagly is one of the best CGI things in any streaming show ever. Like there are times you've got to, are we sure that's not a real bald eagle? Because it looks so damn good. And by the way, Eagly is like, I think my wife, Anne's favorite part of the show. I think Eagly is Anne's favorite character. But then you go through all the supporting characters. I love them all. I can't remember the the, the one guy, the beard, you know, uh, painted beard guy. Uh, it's it's his last name rhymes with economics or economists or whatever his name is. Love that character. Waller's daughter, love her. Hardcourt, love her. Eagly, love her. I thought watching the, the trailers and everything, I thought watching the trailers that um, Vigilante was going to be a cringy character. It's like, oh, really? You got to throw in the wannabe superhero tag along guy? I love Vigilante. (laughs) I love the way he's just like humming as he's assassinating people. (laughs) I love this character. This character is great. And I, I said... I said uh, Eagly was Anne's favorite character. I take that back. Eagly is Anne's second favorite character. Waller's daughter is Anne's favorite character. She loves that. She loves everything about that character. It's her, like she's like that character is my spirit animal. Like she's great. And then of course it's great. And and her dad Robert Patrick as Peacemaker's dad. When they open the transdimensional warp gate that takes him into the closet. And that whole thing of white dragon. I'm like, what's going on? What is this about? What is this? And I'm just, I, I'm telling you everything from the individual characters. The action is great, especially coming off of something like Boba Fett. Uh, oh, uh, vroom, vroom, Vespa gang in our five mile an hour race down the city streets of Moss Espla. Vroom. The action in peacemaker is amazing i mean just just right from that fight that he has with the with the butterfly girl at the beginning like that was insane and great the gun violence is really good. i mean it's not john wick level or anything like that it ain't it ain't john wick level but i mean it's it's just so, so the humor is absolutely on point the characters are absolutely on point I'm really digging the chemistry they're setting up with all of them. 
And it's got what a lot of these streaming shows, the stronger ones have. Like it's it's unwrapping a mystery as you go. Uh, unlike, like say Book of again, I'm I'm crapping on Book of Boba Fett a lot. I don't hate Book of Boba Fett. Don't get me wrong. I'm just saying, but there's a lot of shortcomings there that I see. And it's funny coming off of something like Book of Boba Fett, and then watching the first three episodes of Peacemaker and see all those like gripes I have with Book of Boba Fett, seeing them all done as great strengths in Peacemaker. And here's an interesting thing too. Like I think the third episode of Peacemaker is like 39 minutes long. I think it's 39 minutes long, which is not, I prefer it to be longer, obviously, but so much happens in those 39 minutes. Again, unlike some episodes of Loki, some episodes of Falcon Winter Soldier, definitely some of the episodes of Boba Fett, you you can get through a short episode and really nothing significant happened. In a 39-minute episode of Peacemaker, which I think was the shortest episode, I just felt like a ton of stuff happened. And after each episode, I'm just buzzing to get that remote and start playing that opening credits again to see the next one. Like, I just want to see that happen again. I just want to see that happen again. Now, again, let me emphasize one more time. This might end up being terrible. Yeah, we're three episodes in. Best, I think, right now, as of right now, three episodes in, small sample size. This is the best thing DC's ever put on television. I'm not saying it's as good as Man of Steel. I'm not saying it's it's the best thing out of any movies they've put out. But as, as far as anything DC's ever put on TV, this is it. This, to me, is the gold standard right now. And yeah, it may go to crap once we get into episode four. It may go to complete crap in episode four and be crappy the rest of the way. Maybe it does. But I'll tell you what, I didn't have a lot of faith in this show, especially when I saw the the trailers for it. I did not have a lot of faith in this show. I am fully on board. Count me as a believer in the peace. Count me as giving peace a chance. Count me as being on this John Cena train. A, a guy that I've been very hesitant about saying he's got a lot of skill. He's got a lot of com- natural comedic ability. I don't think he's there where he can carry something. He's there. He's arrived. This show's un- unbelievable. Unbelievable. And I cannot wait till next week. And to, I, I mean, here's a, let me ask you guys this. I, I'm going to put up a poll right now. All right. going to put up a poll for you guys. Uh, should we do post uh game shows for peacemaker should we do post game shows for peacemaker i wasn't even considering it i'm not gonna lie to you. i wasn't even remotely considering it but after watching these three episodes i think the very next day after these airs i'm gonna just be wanting to talk about so i don't know i'll, I'll let you guys decide if we should do post game for Peacemaker or not, I'll leave that up to you. For all I know, maybe you guys haven't even been liking the show. But for me, man, this is a ball of awesome. This show to me is an absolute ball of awesome. I love it so much. And I can't believe how excited I am for it, how much I dig it. Well, listen, right now we are closing in on 600 votes. And 90% of you are saying, yes, we should do post-game shows for Peacemaker. Uh, 10% of you are saying no, uh, but and now it's gone down 89%. So still 11% of you thinking maybe it's not worth to do it, but 89% of you saying we should, as we're closing in 
on 700 votes here. So, yeah, I I think starting this week, I got to check the schedule to make sure I actually have time to do it. But I think starting this week, we're going to do a post-game show for these things. Now, some people are saying start tonight. Sorry, guys. It's NFL football playoff time. I ain't doing it. And it's the weekend. I, I'm, I'm already working on the weekend, which Ann is not completely happy with me about. Shh. Don't get me wrong. Ann is incredibly supportive of everything I do. But she, she gets this look on her face whenever I mention that I'm doing work on the weekends. It's that I love you. But you're dumb as shit. Kind of look on her face, right? She gets so, and not completely thrilled that I'm doing, that I'm working on the weekend. So yeah, I definitely not going to do more work on the weekend later today. But I think this coming week we're going to do a post game show. I think we're going to do a post game show uh, for the remaining of uh, of Peacemaker. I am guys. I I'm I'm positively giddy. I am positively giddy about this show. I cannot believe how good it is. Anyway, guys, question is for you. What do you think about the new Peacemaker series? Maybe it was completely underwhelming for you. Maybe it didn't interest you at all and you never even gave it a shot. Maybe you think it's the greatest thing ever. Maybe you think it's really good, but John, I don't think it's as good as you. Whatever you guys are thinking, jump down into the comment section below and let us know your thoughts. All right, guys, with all that down and out of the way, let's take the rest of our time here today. Start taking your questions, shall we? Again, I'm going to leave the Super Chat feature for those of you watching live. I'm going to leave it open for another for a few more minutes at any rate, but then I'm going to shut it down. So let's jump in and start taking your questions right now, shall we? We're going to get the thing started off here with Russell Amador, who writes, Peacemaker, greatest TV intro in history. I said it. I'm right there with you. I'm absolutely right there with you. It is, it is the greatest, greatest. Oh, I, I can't skip it. I have to watch it every single time. All right. Sam Fisher writes, uh, what the F was that opening sequence? It was hilarious. How many takes do you think it took before nobody broke? I'm going to go out on a limb and guess that number one, because none of these people are dancers, that it probably took about 100 takes to do this thing. Um, and I've got to imagine they broke almost every time. Just the fact that they all try to look so serious as... They're doing these moves and everything like that. I I, I got to imagine they broke all the time. This is the greatest opening sequence in TV history. Sam also writes, are we placing bets on how long until the Peacemaker dance becomes a trend on social media, like a TikTok dance? I'll tell you what, I, I would be shocked if there's not already a hundred TikTok, YouTube shorts, tweet, tweets showing groups of friends doing the, the Peacemaker dance. It's got to be out there already. It's got to be out there already. I would bet money that it's out there already. I know my wife, my wife right now is getting ready to go meet up with a bunch of her friends. And I know one of the topics of conversation is going to be all all these girls. They're going to want to do their own thing. But I'm telling you, I think it's going to happen. We'll we'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, Derek Large writes, how much of Peacemaker success does it owe to the boys? And why do audiences prefer the hard R superhero content on streaming versus on film? I mean, well, no, here's the thing. We have no idea how many people watch Peacemaker, right? People who watched Suicide Squad, for the most part, if you look at the audience ratings, people who watched Suicide Squad, for the most part, loved it. It's just that we know not a ton of people went to go watch it. We have no idea how many people are watching Peacemaker. No idea. So we don't know. But I I don't think it owes a lot to the boys. Look. 
the idea of edgy, hard R comic stuff, it didn't start with the boys. So I don't know how much of it it owes to the boys. Uh, it might even be a detriment. I don't know. But all I know is I'm loving this show, Derek. All right. Sam Sproul writes, I'm going to say is Moon Knight Monday. Let's go. That's right. That's coming. We talked about that a little bit earlier. Sam is also writing first Moon Knight trailer on Monday night with the uh, uh, with the football game. Crashing Coyote is saying, freedom. Is Was that a line in... Yeah, that was that was in Peacemaker, wasn't it? When he got out of the hospital, I think it was. Uh, otherwise, it's of course from um, Braveheart. Okay, Sam Fisher writes: Heard someone call Mayo Devil Spunk yesterday, which is one hundred percent accurate. Mayo is the jizz of the gods, my friend. The jizz of the gods. Casey Mack writes: You know, I recently rewatched Scream Two, and I totally forgot Timothy Oliphant was in that movie. In other news, excited that Timothy Oliphant gets to return to his Ryland Givens role. I never watched it, but is that his role in Justified? Guys in the live chat, can you remind me? It, like, uh, Because I never watched Justified. I've always heard it's great. But is Rylan Givens his Justified character? Because I remember her, heard, um, I remember hearing that, that I think they're going to be revisiting that. And yeah, if you guys are saying, yes, it is his character from Justified. Good to know. I really love Timothy Oliphant. I think he's great. Uh, Sam Fisher writes, Kieran Gillen, uh, the comic book writer who created Black Kristanton, uh, tweeted out that the working name for the character was Nubaka. <laughs> I never heard that. The character's name was Nubaka. The working that's kind of funny. All right. Uh, Soiner writes, Wowza, John Cena, Cena is to Peacemaker as Chris Pratt is to Star-Lord. Perfect. P.S. Eagerly looks so real and I'm never skipping that baller intro. Completely agree. Like there are oftentimes I got to do like a double takes. Like, is that, that, that's CGI. Holy crap. That looks so good. And again, never hitting the skip button on the opening credits for, I don't know. It's, it's magnetic. I can't take my eyes off it. Soiner when it's playing, cannot take my eyes off it. Uh, Marie Seifring writes, Hey John, I sent you an email. Uh, BBC news reported that Letitia Wright has reported back to the set for black Panther two. Uh, the post was short on details about whether that meant Atlanta Thanks. Yeah, we remember that there was some discussion going on about whether or not Letitia Wright would even be able to return to shooting because here's where it gets interesting. So Letitia Wright is a, you know, an anti-vaxxer. And she got injured on set, had to go back home. But and, and I'm not remembering all the details properly here, guys. So forgive me if I'm if I'm smudging a bit on a couple of things here. But the basic big question was where they were shooting Black Panther would not let people in to the country if they were not vaccinated, which was going to pose a problem. So Letitia Wright has now returned to shooting Black Panther 2. And in a statement about them getting production on Black Panther 2 going again, Kevin Feige said the following, and I'm paraphrasing a little bit, but this is basically what he said. We want to thank Letitia for doing everything she needed to do to get back on set. Now, obviously, number one, he's he's referring to her recovery efforts from her injury, but I can't help but wonder, not that it's a big deal, but I can't help but wonder if that, if Kevin's saying, we want to thank Letitia for doing everything she needed to do to get back on set. I can't help but wonder if that meant she actually got vaccinated. I don't know. Might have nothing to do with it. 
but I, I just thought that was interesting that uh, Feige put it that way. It might be something, might be nothing. Who knows? I'm just glad they got the movie up and running again, and uh, we'll see what kind of role Shuri has to play in the new Black Panther. All right, next up. Hugo Alonso writes, Hey, John and crew. I uh, just finished watching Eternals, and the scene of Arashem towering over the Earth was incredible. I'm super excited to see Galactus. Yeah, listen, the, I, I really like Eternals. I'm not completely in love with the film. It has some issues, but overall, there's a lot about that movie I appreciate. But that whole scene when Arshem shows up on at Earth, that to me was like a Jurassic Park seeing the dinosaurs for the first kind, time kind of moment. Um, I love that moment. So it's going to be interesting to see where the rest of that goes. Anyway, next up. Frederico Jordan writes, uh, I love the intro to Peacemaker. I think John Cena has found his groove in acting. Look out, rock. Ah, here's the thing. I think Dwayne The Rock Johnson is pretty far ahead of John Cena as far as where he is in the development. Is like Dwayne The Rock Johnson used to be nothing but pure charm and charisma. When you watch movies, though, like uh, Pain and Gain, and you watch movies like Faster, and you watch movies like Snitch, you recognize Dwayne Johnson has actually evolved into a legit actor. He can't, he doesn't just. He's not only capable of doing the action, smile, flex his muscle things. He's turned into a legitimate actor, not a top 20 in the world thespian. But Dwayne The Rock Johnson has turned into a legit actor. I defy anybody to watch Snitch or Faster and and try to argue that. I, I think he's turned into a legit actor. Cena still has a ways to go, but he has come far just in kind of nurturing that comedic timing side of his and i'm going to be curious to see where he goes all right uh where are we at here that was um oh uh, exploding soda 99 writes uh peacemaker has been great and the intro is up there with some of the greatest of all time friends game of thrones sopranos etc i get i mean right now maybe it's just the excitement of it but i'm putting it as the number one thing ever I am right now putting it as the number one thing ever. All right, Marie Seifring writes, uh, thank you for having a show today. Oh, no, thank you guys for being here on a Monday. I didn't even give you guys any advance notice. I didn't give you any warning. Uh, I just, you know, Ray did so much work on the graphics and I put in so much work in all the show notes and we don't, we didn't, I didn't want to wait to talk about Peacemaker anymore. So I say, you know what? Saturday, we'll, we'll do a show on Saturday, see who's around and wants to come and join us. So, I'm having fun doing it. Thanks for being here, Marie. I appreciate that. Okay. Uh, next up, we've got Casey Mack writes, uh, that intro for Peacemaker really is different and I can't seem to skip it. I am, again, I am right there with you. It's like the best, the most addictive thing I've seen, Casey. All right. Spencer Nielsen writes, uh, I don't know. I really enjoyed the Suicide Squad, but I find Peacemaker repetitive and exhausting. I think gun sensibilities lend themselves better to film. I, uh, listen, that's how it hit you, man. And it hit me differently. I did not find it repetitive or exhausting, but that's how it hit me. It obviously hit you a little bit different. I Whether or not gun sensibilities lend themselves better to film than a series, it's too soon to call. Again, we are only three episodes in. And again, this show may go, go to crap real fast, or it may become like the greatest television show ever. Who knows, right? But it's a little bit too early to call. But, I mean, Gunn is one of my favorite filmmakers. So, I mean, we'll see how that goes. Thanks for sharing your perspective on that, Spencer. I appreciate it. All right, next up. Suthius writes, 
First three episodes of Peacemaker is very enjoyable and funny, taking a deep dive with this character, and and already I feel bad for him, uh, naive and just oblivious. I'm telling you what, I really like it when a TV show or a movie, a character, you think you got them all figured out, but then you realize there's more beneath the surface. And as funny and as dumb as the scene is when he's laying in bed, everybody hates me, I killed Rick Flagg. Yeah, they did it in a silly way. But it actually reveals a lot of layers of nuance to the character and what he's really feeling and who he really is. And I love it when a you can do that in a movie or show with a character like Peacemaker. I think it works very effectively. All right. Next up. Uh, that was Suthius, I believe. Yes. Uh, Isaac uh, Meckler writes, Go Raiders. That Sunday night game was insane. It was the best game of the year. That Raiders-Chargers game was the best game of the year, but I'm thinking the Bengals. I know Ray Ray is a big Bengals guy. I believe uh, Ray's coming over a little bit later today. We're going to watch the Raiders and Bengals. I think the Bengals take it. I do, but we'll see how it goes. All right. Julian Mott writes, It's game day, John. Bills 27, Patriots 20. I'm taking the Patriots in the upset. John, that's just because you'd like... I know, I, yeah, it's true, but honestly, I think the Patriots are playing the better ball right now. Now, the Bills do have home field advantage, but I'm actually going to... I think the Bills pull... Or I think I think the Patriots pull it out. I, I mean, we'll see. I, I wouldn't put money on it, though. All right, Suthius writes, I honestly thought Ms. Marvel's show was up next. I think there, there was an announcement that it got bumped a little bit, so I honestly... I think right now, I think Moon Knight... I think we're going to get Moon Knight. Here's my prediction. I'm not, this isn't based on anything. It's just a pure wild guess. I think Moon Knight is going to start right after Boba Fett. I think we're going to get that in the trailer tomorrow. Say starting February something, something. I mean, I don't know that. I'm just taking a wild guess, but that's my guess right now. All right. Um, Let's see. Suthius writes, enjoying Discovery season four so far, but now on hiatus. Yeah, I like Discovery. Like, I know uh, Rob and I try not to bring up Discovery issues, uh, Discovery topics when he's around, but I think Discovery is a really good show. I enjoy it a lot. Is it like my top three, top five favorite show on TV? No, but I think it's quite enjoyable. And uh, I've been liking this season as well, too. It's just going to be interesting to see where they go with it. All right. Next up. Um, Marie Seifring writes, hey, John, who do you like in the Bills versus Patriots wild card game uh, tonight? I got the Patriots. I I got the Patriots with a spread of 3.5. I'll give them three, three and a half points, but we'll see. I think the actual odds are in the Bills. I think they're like four and a half point favorites, I think, but I'm, I'm still going to take the Patriots in that. All right. Ronnie Y writes, love that Moon Knight will be the first Disney Plus show to be featured around a brand new character. I think that's the heart of what Marvel Disney Plus is about. Well, we can't say it's the heart of what it is when they haven't done it yet. Right. They've done one, two, three, four series so far. None of them have been about a brand new character. Some of them have featured some new characters, like Kate Bishop in the Hawkeye series. But I don't know if we can say that's the heart of what it is when we haven't had one yet. But we'll see. We'll see if that's where it goes. And I'm very excited for Moon Knight. I'm very excited for this trailer, Ronnie. I really am. All right. Thunder Knight writes, I really want to see Pacemaker. Unfortunately, it's not available in the UK yet. That sucks. Is there no other way? Like, I remember when... Before it was Paramount Plus, when it was CBS All Access or whatever it was called, and they launched 
discovery. They made sure that in the countries around the world where they didn't have CBS All Access, they licensed the show out to other providers like Netflix or whatever in those other countries so people who wanted to watch this new Star Trek show could. Why Disney Plus and HBO and whatever don't do that as well? Because look, I get it. Disney Plus can't be in every country yet. So why not make the content available on other providers in those other countries so the international audience can watch it too? I mean, I'm sure it's more complicated than I'm making it out to be, but I really wish they would do that. All right. Thanks for sharing your thoughts on that, Thunder Knight. Uh, Mr. McGuire writes, don't quite dig the Moon Knight suit. Still stoked. Yeah, I'm one of these. I never care about the costume, to be honest with you. I mean, the, the Peacemaker costume is total a total joke. I mean, it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. But I don't care. Like, I loved Black Lightning, but I thought Black Lightning's costume was the worst on television. But it doesn't matter to me. So I'm not really, I don't care that much. And we haven't really got a good look at the costume yet. I think we will on Monday night. All right. Uh, Spencer Nielsen writes, have you ever fallen out of love with movies for a time? If so, what brought you back? Most successful movies last year left me feel feeling like an alien. I don't know what that last part means. Nah, I've, I've never fallen out of love with the movies. The movies, look, you guys have heard me wax poetic many times about why movies are important and why I love the movies, what they are, what they represent to us as a species. You know, as a species, we are at our core storytellers and the ultimate form of storytelling is the movies. And when life is good, the movies celebrate life being good with me. When life is hard, the movies empathize and give me hope and give me a reprieve and give me rest. There's never been a time I haven't been in love with the movies. Now, I'm not saying everybody will also be like that, nor should everybody else be like that. But for me, no, the movies have been, and and the art of storytelling has been there for me my whole life. And uh, I have always been and always will be in, in love with uh, with the movies. That's just me. Anyway, thanks for sharing that thought, Spencer. Appreciate that, man. All right. Uh, Stiff Meister writes, I hope we get Green Lantern show after Peacemaker. Uh, I mean, I don't know. I mean, look, who cares? I mean, I'm, I'm honestly at the point where it doesn't matter what character they do next because it doesn't matter. All that matters is, is it well-written? I've never cared about a Peacemaker show. But it's done so damn good. It's not my favorite thing DC's ever done on TV. I've, I mean, like for a lot of people around the world, I think I've always wanted to see a new Boba Fett thing, but it's turning out to be quite disappointing. So it almost doesn't even really matter, but we'll see. We'll see. All right. A Green Lantern is going to be kind of an expensive one to do. Uh, Josie Reviews writes, one of my favorite lines in Scream 5 that, no pun intended, um, uh, was maybe you're the killer because that cut deep. Oh, yeah. Uh, We shouldn't talk about specific lines, but yeah, that was a good line. Not Probably not even one of my top 10 favorite lines in the movie, but it was a good line. All right. Uh, Martin Prieto writes, I guess you can't give a full opinion yet, but are you pretty excited for Moon Knight? The reveal of that suit got me excited. I am excited for it. I mean, Oscar Isaac, Ethan Hawke, 
And you know, if I wasn't going to be excited, just hang around Robert Meyer Burnett and you will start to get excited about Moon Knight. So yeah, I mean, look, I, we don't know if it's going to be any good. We have no idea if it's going to be any good. We're all hoping it's going to be good. We hope it will be, but we don't know. We just don't know right now. So, you know, whatever. We'll see. All right, guys, listen. We are not done. We've got more to get to here. But we want to take a second here and thank the sponsor of today's video. Thank goodness for our friends over at Manscaped, not just taking care of the jungle down under, but being a supporter and a sponsor of the John Campia Show. Here's a word from our sponsor. We want to take a moment and thank the sponsor of this video, Manscaped. Now, look, guys, it's a brand new year. It's time to make some resolutions about taking care of ourselves, and that includes taking care of our balls for too long. Too many guys I know have been using like beard trimmers or even worse, this part of the electric razor to take care of the area down there. It's barbaric. It's like trying to carve the statue of David using a dull butter knife. Thankfully, there is a solution for guys like you and me, and it's Manscaped. Manscaped is a company dedicated to giving us guys products to take care of the parts that we often forget to take care of properly. Now, I've been using the Performance Package 4.0. The package includes the backbone of their line, the Lawnmower 4.0. And listen, I love this thing. It's designed and built specifically for our ball area, giving the best and most comfortable results that I have personally, honestly, ever had. And you have to try to believe it. It also comes with the Weed Whacker. It's a specialized tool for, you know, your nose and ear hair trimming that Ray Ora himself just recently used for a special event, and it worked better than his previous tools. And I gotta mention the body wash. I am not joking. I used the body wash for the first time about a week ago, and you can ask Kimberly, Ray, or Rob, or any of them. I came into the studio that day raving about how I haven't enjoyed taking a shower this much in a long time. The body wash is fantastic. Also included is the crop preserver. That's your ball deodorant, guys. Take care of yourselves down there. And also don't forget the crop reviver, which is a ball toner. So guys get 20% off and free shipping with the code Campia at manscaped.com. That's 20% off with free shipping at manscaped.com. Make sure you use that promo code Campia. It's the new year, guys. No pubes in 2022 with Manscaped. And thank you to Manscaped. Guys, seriously, take care of yourselves. Seriously. And when you go to Manscaped, guys, once again, don't forget to use that promo code Campia. It'll get you that special deal and it supports the channel at the same time. So thanks a lot for that. All right. Let's get back into it here, shall we? We're going to pick things up here with Josie Reviews, who writes, I like Scream 5. Thought it was fun enough, but there was a couple of moments in the movie that brought out my inner Robin and was like, bruh. Yeah, listen, I remember Ray was, Ray's reaction was great. He goes, this movie pissed me off, but I really liked it. I mean, that's a great way to put it. There's certain things in the movie that are just so, so bad. But overall it is fun and you smile and you laugh and you have a pretty good time so i'm with you on that Josie. am i it's there are definitely moments that make me go bruh but overall it's fun and, and i do recommend it. i had a good time with it all right drew l ray writes and sends in like a 20 dollars super chat thank you drew for supporting our channel on that level man hey john my girlfriend and I saw Scream last night, and we enjoyed it quite a bit. We were drunk, but still. The film asks you to buy a lot, plot-wise. Middle of the day, no one at the hospital. But regardless, it was fun. Yeah, that, that kind of speaks, Drew, to what I was saying earlier about the suspension of disbelief sometimes in this movie goes... Again, we understand. 
all movies, particularly horror, sci-fi, comic book movies, all these movies will ask us to some degree suspend disbelief sometimes. But when it's just so outlandishly impossible and ridiculous, it becomes, as somebody just said, bruh. Like, it's just one of those moments. And uh, yeah, that was it. But again, still had a good time with it, and I had fun. All right. Thanks again for sending that in, Drew, and I hope you and your girlfriend didn't get too much of a hangover after that. <laughs> Thanks for that. All right. Next up, Casey Mack writes, but John, in Scream 2, they were looking for the killer in broad daylight and was taken into a van in front of the park. Listen, you don't, don't even get me going on any of the other Screams, all right? Like, I know the, some of the other Screams, particularly 2. I've got a friend of mine who actually thinks Scream 2 is their favorite Scream movie. I'm like, all right. I, 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 none of them work for me. Other than the first one, none of them work for me. Anyway, Casey also writes, the DC universe is either really bad or don't even bother to make up code names for their missions. <laughs> Going course, Project Starfish, uh, Project Butterfly. I love the fact that they even made a joke about that. You guys aren't all that good at coming up with these code names. That was a really, really good line, Casey. All right, next up. Ben Rayner writes, uh, Peacemaker, then Doom Patrol and Harley Quinn. Yeah. Yeah. I, I love Doom Patrol. I love Harley Quinn. I, I think, and, and again, I, I am cognizant of the fact that we're only three episodes in, you know, and maybe after episode six, I'm like, nah, this isn't, this isn't the best DC thing ever. I'm just saying for where we are right now, very early in the process with a very small sample size, I'm saying right now for me, it is the best thing DC's ever put on television. Now, am I still going to think that once the season's done and we've seen all the episodes? Maybe yes, maybe no. But for right now, that's where I'm at, man. All right. Purple Haze 4564 writes. John, Peacemaker opening credits at the end. Funny when Eagly squawks Peacemaker, shrugs his shoulders every time. Like, what? That's the thing. At the end, as everybody does their big pose at the end, right? Eagly is like, ah! like, and I laugh my ass off on it. I don't know why. Uh, well pointed out, Purple. All right, Calvin Patel writes, when, uh, by the way, I'm always going to mispronounce names. Uh, Abba DeBeo uh, licked the adhesive right away in episode three. I bust out laughing. She was hilarious. I agree. Just the look on her face as she did it. I thought, and, and that moment, Calvin, kind of, it gives us a look into who really everything about that character, right? And I am dying to find out what is the true mission. Because remember, only her and Waller know what the actual true mission is that they're not letting everybody else in on. So that's going to be part of the mystery that gets unfolded as well. All right. Ethan Holgate writes, Loving Peacemaker so goddamn much uh, at the moment, especially Robert Patrick as his dad. So funny to me. Uh, what made him laugh was uh, blood sports abuse by his dad. That was great. I'll tell you the part that made Anne laugh a lot as because the dude is such a racist piece of shit, right? But she's ta he's talking to the little Asian cop girl and he calls her chopsticks. And then she's like, yeah, well, we'll do that. Fork. <laughs> it's like and their partner. Why not say like spoon like I, and Anne was laughing her ass off. I, I just thought that was a great, great moment. It's going to be really interesting to see where they go with this with the dad. Like that, the ending of episode two with the whole white dragon thing. I'm like, oh, my God, I got like where are they going with this? We'll see. We'll see. All right. Next up. Uh, Thanos writes, the only DC show I like as much as Superman and Lois. Yeah, I was like, I don't watch Superman Lois anymore, but, you know, the first 
part of season one of that, I, I thought it was really good. But yeah, I still think this, I think this clobbers it, but that's just me. All right. A. Marcellus. Thanks for sharing your thoughts, Thanos. A. Marcellus writes, now you have to do a special campia after dark and call in Rob, Ray, Kim, Dennis, and Harloff to do a Peacemaker dance number. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. I think if we did that, it would break the internet or at least our own little small corner of it. I mean, I think if we were to do that, I'll have to bring in Chris Carr. I'll have to bring in Aaron Cummings. We'll have to bring in, you know, Anne. We'll all have to do it. But I think if we were to do our own iteration of the opening dance number, I think it might become the number one most viewed video in the history of the John Campia YouTube channel. I, I think it I think it would be great. Uh, Dapo is asking in the live chat, who would play Eagly? Probably my dog, one of my two dogs. Probably Shadow, either Shadow or Lily. We'll see. We'll see. But no, we're not going to do it. It would take way too much effort, way too much effort that we just it would take me like weeks to do it. So now what won't won't happen, unfortunately. All right. Uh, next up, Stiff Meister writes, people who've seen it um, say all the episodes are great. Um, I only know people who saw a number of. Ep- I don't know anybody. I don't think that's seen all of them yet, but I hope so. I mean, I hope they're able to keep up this pace stiff. I really do. Kevin Cow writes, uh, I watched the three episodes so fast. It's so good. I laugh so hard, especially the opening creator scene. This uh, is the perfect sequel to the movie. I agree. I mean, it's, it's a great show, but it is a perfect follow-up to Suicide Squad. And I love that they brought a lot of the secondary characters along to, I mean, it just really is. It, it's, and of course it's written and directed by James Gunn. So for sure, it's going to have that sense of continuity, but you're right. It is a perfect follow-up to suicide squad. I completely agree. All right. Uh, Kiwi writes, I'm sure there's a Bo-Katan series, but as it stands, I don't care. I have zero confidence with Lucasfilm fully keeping projects in development. I mean, yeah. Now look, we're going to get Obi-Wan that's coming and we're going to get some of the other things, but yeah, right now, I mean, it feels like Warner brothers five years ago with a lot of things saying they're going to do them and then finding out they can't carry through. So I don't know. We'll see. We'll see. All right. Kevin Cow writes, go Bengals. Cause the Raiders beat my LA chargers, man. And if the chargers coach just didn't call time out there, the Raiders were going to run out the clock. They would have ended in a tie And then the Chargers and the Raiders both would have gone to the playoffs. It's still crazy how that whole thing, still the craziest, craziest game I think I've I've seen in a long time. All right, JW writes, hey, John, I am so sad the expanse has come to an end. Fun fact, Simu Liu was in season three as a Martian Marine. I didn't know that. I'm going to, somebody send me a screenshot of that, would you? I would, if somebody can email me at john at the johncapishow.com, send me a screenshot of that. I'd love to see it. Yeah, I'm. I didn't, I really liked the final season. I didn't love the finale. It's, it's hard to nail a finale. Some of the greatest shows in history have not done great at nailing the finale. But yeah, I didn't hate it. Don't get me wrong. I I didn't think it was terrible. Like Seinfeld's finale or anything. No, but I, I did not love that finale. It just left too many things unsaid. It felt like a lot of the stuff was had to, had to happen off screen in order to wrap it up so quickly. Um, yeah, it, it did not feel like a series finale. 
A- anyway, that's just but but I am kind of bummed out that the show is over because I really, really like the expanse. All right. Uh next up, Casey Mack writes. Um where are we? Uh, yeah, Casey Mack writes. Is it me or are they building Robert Patrick to be the big bad in this first season? I'm gonna I'm gonna make a wild prediction. Probably completely wrong, but I'm gonna make a wild, wild prediction. I think Peacemaker's dad might end up being the hero of season one. Like, follow me here. When they go into that, go through that interdimensional portal to go to the, uh, to the closet, as he called it, the closet, he's got all these helmets and he's, he's saying to his son, he's saying to Chris, Oh, these are all just from before. I didn't care about you. I didn't even think about you when you were in jail, right? In that moment, I was thinking, that might be bullshit. I, I Look, I, again, this is a far-flung theory that probably is not true at all. But I wouldn't be completely surprised to find out that Peacemaker's dad is totally changed. That Peacemaker's dad over the years may be completely changed and we're going to find out he's actually now heroic. Much like other characters in the Suicide Squad universe have got things they've done in the past that they're now ashamed of and kind of want to make. I'm I'm wondering if we're going to get that with the dad. I'm wondering if we're going to get that with the dad. I I mean, I don't know. I mean, because he's a total racist piece of shit. But I mean, maybe now that's a facade. But I don't know. We'll see. It's just that when he walked in there and said, oh, these all the helmets from before. I didn't care about you at all. Really? I don't know. I don't know. But maybe he will be the ultimate bad guy. We'll have to wait and see. All right. Uh, next up. Where are we at here? Uh, we're at Amar Marcellus, who writes, I was hoping Star Girl would grow on you. Uh, the writing is very good and does not feel like a CW uh, show. That, Superman, and Doom Patrol are my holy trinity of the best DC shows. Peacemaker may join soon. I Listen, I'm not saying that... Um, I'm not saying that Stargirl didn't get better. I just haven't watched it. I mean, I gave Stargirl a number of episodes, and I'm like... You just feel it in the DNA, the DNA of the show. This show is not for me. And listen, I know a number of people who are like good, solid fans of the Stargirl show. That's awesome. I'm not crap talking on it. I'm just saying it wasn't for me. That's all. So, uh, but I believe you. I believe you, Marcellus. All right, next up. Uh, Shuvo Raman writes, Peacemaker made up for Boba Fett's shortcomings. Yeah. I mean, it, it felt like everything that Boba Fett was weak on peacemaker was strong and that's what it felt like to me kiwi writes and with b-o-b-f i fear the future of star wars oh book of boba fett i fear the future of star wars shows that's ridiculous kiwi that's ridiculous like we've had three seasons of star wars shows mandalorian season one awesome mandalorian season two awesome book of boba fett weak so far but I mean, don't just go on. What's the what's what's this like? It 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 kind of drives me crazy because I think all of us do this sometimes. Like we ignore history and we just say, "Oh, what just happened now? Oh, well, now I think everything in the future." Like just because Mandalorian season two came out, ah, oh, all Star Wars shows are going to be the best. 
well, we've only had two seasons of The Mandalorian. Maybe it's a little early to call that. See three episodes of Boba Fett. Oh, I'm worried about the future of Star Wars on TV. I'm worried about the future of... I, I mean, let's let's not jump to too much based on one quick thing. Like, even me talking about Peacemaker, I'm saying, yeah, to me, it's the best thing DC's ever put on TV, but it's a very small sample size. This may go bad real quick, like all that kind of stuff, right? So I, I wouldn't jump to big things just because, you know, oh, we had two full seasons of Mandalorian with some of the greatest stuff we've ever seen. But these three episodes of this, now I'm worried about... The, uh, I'd say... To all of us, because I think we all do this sometimes, just take a breath, take a step back, and and don't jump to massive thoughts too quickly. That, that's all I'm going to say. That's all I'm going to say. All right. Next up, Mr. Hank Dunn writes, uh, Batmite is canon. Batmite is canon. I actually, somebody put out a great image, like a comic cover of Peacemaker with Batmite that I thought was really funny. Uh, Marilyn Blythe just sends in a $5 super chat to be supportive. Thank you, Marilyn. Purple Haze writes, uh, when can we talk... Uh, Spider-Man No Way Home spoilers, probably in a few more weeks. Yeah, probably in a couple of weeks we can probably do that. There's still some countries that haven't got it yet, so let's give it just a few more weeks. All right, John Redcorn writes, How come Dune can get a sequel, but the Suicide Squad can't get one? Both got screwed by HBO Max. It also made more money than Wonder Woman 84, but we're getting Wonder Woman 3. Um, completely different contexts and scenarios, John. Completely different. And who's to say there won't be a Suicide Squad sequel? But uh, Suicide Squad, let me just pull it up here. Suicide Squad uh, box office 2021. Suicide Squad made in total at the box office $167 million. $167 million. On the other hand, Dune made $400 million. Both would have done much better had they not done day and date on HBO Max, no doubt. But considering that they both got screwed over by HBO Max, one made 167, one made 400 million. Also, Wonder Woman had a theatrical release in the middle of the outbreak of the pandemic when no other movies were playing. It was a very different time and context. So you can't compare that like it's apples and oranges. Suicide Squad got into theaters as theaters were reopening and things like that were happening. You can't compare it to the Wonder Woman situation and just act like it's an apples to apples comparison. They're very, very, very different contexts. Although I would love a Suicide Squad sequel, man. You and me are both on that boat. All right. Uh, Kevin Cow writes, loved Real Steel. I cried after the screening. Love that movie, man. I, I really hope this is a continuation of the movie. And then the final super chat that got sent in today was John uh, Sheck, who writes, we need to make peace with Cena. There we go. And I again, I am loving this show so far, man. I am loving it so much. All right, guys. Uh, listen, that'll do it. For today's installment, this special Saturday edition. Well, it's a little bit short. I know, but it's Saturday. Cut me some slack, guys. It's Saturday. It's Saturday. I, I, I want to go relax. I want to go get the barbecue fired up. I want to watch some football. I want to kick my feet up. You know, allow me this. Um, but that will do it for today's installment of the John Campion Show, guys. Thanks so much for being here and making this show a part of your Saturday. Big special thank you to all you guys who sent in those uh, tips and questions. Number one, because you gave us great fun things to talk about. But number two, you supported this channel as you did it. And all of us involved with the John Campion Show, thank you guys so very much. 
for your support. Don't forget, guys, the John Campus Show returns on Monday morning. We hope to see you guys there. Like this video. I always forget to ask you guys to like the video and subscribe, but please do like this video. Click the thumbs up button and subscribe to it as well. That'll do it for us for now, guys. Thanks a lot for being here. My name's John Campia, and until next time, my friends, bye-bye.